I would recommend buy and hold until the market starts to slow down. And then if you want to sell it, you can. But buy and hold by far is the best thing that I would do. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Kelly Ravor. How you doing, Kelly? I am fantastic. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Kelly. She has been a realtor since 2013. She grew her business to over $500,000 gross commission income in four years. She's based in Springfield, Missouri. And with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So like Joe said, my name is Kelly Rapport and I'm from Springfield, Missouri. I got my license in 2013. I decided to join real estate with my mother who got her license in 2006. We are the number one agent at our brokerage company in the top 1% of realtors. Last year, we closed 112 homes transactions and we are on set right now to close 250 this year. In the first quarter, we closed 47, and I think we've got 29 under contract right now. Wow. You're on fire. Yeah, we're busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. You're the top 1%, and then what did you say? We're in the top 1% of our local board of realtors, but we are the top agent at our brokerage company. Awesome. 112 transactions last year on track to close 250 this year. You're on track to more than double what you did last year. What would you attribute that to? A couple of different things. Linda, who's my mother and my partner, so I will probably reference her a lot. The two of us have grown a team, one manager right now, and currently seven buyer's agents. And we have three more buyer's agents coming on probably within the next two or three weeks. So a lot of training, a lot of team growth. I want to have 15 buyer's agents by the end of the year, and we want to add another operations manager as well, or an assistant for our operations manager. But we really focus a lot on our sphere and referrals and our past clients. So we do pay for a lot of lead generation. We do pay for a lot of buyer leads, but we also spend a lot of time and effort and energy into client appreciation events, just taking care of our past clients and our sphere of influence. So that way, when they know somebody that's looking for a realtor, they automatically think of us. Will you elaborate with some examples on focusing on your sphere of influence and referrals and past clients? Sure. Every month we send out a newsletter and in that newsletter are quizzes that they can take to earn some free ice cream. We do a lot of client appreciation 
about in a couple of weeks, and we're going to go to a Springfield Cardinals baseball game. We have reserved 100 seats for that, and we have our past clients in our sphere have to reserve the tickets, obviously. We have done pumpkin pie giveaways over Thanksgiving week. We have done fall events. We just have a lot of client appreciation events. We try to have three to four every year. Over St. Patrick's Day, we'll mail out everybody a lottery ticket that says we hit the lotto when we got you as a client and hope you can be as lucky as we are. We just do a lot of little things like that. We send out anniversary cards. We call it a house anniversary to all of our clients that have sold or purchased with us over the last five years. They all get an annual anniversary card to congratulate them on another year in their home. Mm, I like that. What system do you use to keep track of that stuff? Realty Juggler is who we use for our database in terms of mail newsletters. We use fastnewsletters.com and it's just 10 bucks a month. So it's really cheap. They create our newsletters for us. We just have to plug and play a few little items. And that was hands down one of our best investments. And then we send all of that out through a bulk mailing rate through the post office. So it's cheaper to send it out that way. And with our anniversary cards, we just use a three by five index card in a box that we just pull it out every month and look through it to make sure those people are still living in those homes and send them out. Mm. Nothing too elaborate or expensive. (laughs) Very economical and also sounds like effective. Fastnewsletters.com. And I wasn't picking up that it was actually mailed out until you just said that. So it's a physical newsletter that you mail out every month. Correct. We do a lot of mailings. I'm sure everybody that's listening right now gets so many emails every day. They just go through and delete them. I know I do. That's the first thing I do. I just delete probably like 15, 20 emails every day of just junk. So instead of doing that, I actually want something to show up in their mailbox. And the newsletters are 11 by 17 sheets of paper that you fold in half. And it actually shows up in their mailbox It's not even real estate related. It might be the best haunted houses or fast newsletters creates the entire thing. And it's pretty interesting to read. And then they'll have little snippets of real estate in there. But the bulk of the newsletter has nothing to do with real estate. Huh. That's real interesting. And then you've got the database Realty Juggler. Is that correct? That is who we use for our newsletter mailing database. But for our CRM, our client relationship database, that we use follow-up boss for that. All of my buyers, agents, when we get leads, we use follow-up boss. But just for the newsletters, we use Realty Juggler. It's $120 a year. And that's kind of what we started with five years ago and just haven't taken the leap <laughs> to switch everything over. Fair enough. Well, let's go back to the team. You mentioned different team members. Will you recap the roles? You said you have buyers, agents, you're hiring for another operations manager later. What are the other types of roles you have on your team? So Linda and I are both team managers or team leaders and listing agents. We have seven buyers agents. They solely work on buyers. They don't do any listings. And then our operations manager does all of our transaction to close. She does all of our social media, all of our advertising. And she's at the point now where she's busting at the seams. And so our next hire is going to be a part-time person to help her with a lot of the transactional paperwork. Where are all these homes that you're selling? The Springfield metro area. So Nixon, Missouri, Ozark, Missouri, basically our area, Springfield, Missouri, and the metro rural area has about 350,000 people living in it. So that's where we sell most of them. 
I will put a sign in the yard anywhere. So we've been as far as two hours out, but pretty much all within 45 minute drive from us. What's something that you two have done to evolve your business over the years to make it more efficient or effective? Definitely growing a team, I would say, is what's made it more effective for us and more efficient. Really hiring our operations manager, she was our first hire, and that really exploded the team because that gave Linda and I enough time to actually work on our business instead of working with getting initials and signatures here and there. Mm -hmm. And then we started hiring two buyer's agents and then two buyer's agents led to four buyer's agents. And literally we've just exploded. I would say our first two buyer's agents hired, it's all a process. So they're not with us anymore. We learned a lot. We learned how to be more accountable. If we're spending all of the money on these leads, I want my buyer's agents to actually reach out to them. So as the years have progressed, we've made them more accountable making us more successful as well. Linda and I do not at all anymore unless they are referred to us individually or unless they are friends of ours, friends or family. So we do not work with buyer leads at all. We give all of those to our buyer's agents, which has really freed us up to focus more on listings and to be home with our families at night. Based on your experience in real estate, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? For investors, well, the 10% rule. So the market that it is right now, and I'm assuming that across the board, there's not a lot of inventory. So buy and hold is absolutely where I would be right now rather than a flip because it seems like a lot of investors are getting into the market and they all think that they can flip a home and make a ton of money on it. I would recommend buy and hold until the market starts to slow down. And then if you want to sell it, you can. But buy and hold by far is the best thing that I would do. We own 58 rental units and it's buy and hold is pretty much, we make a lot more money on holding them than we do flipping them. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't see that in your bio. Now, now, (laughs) let's dive into that. You own 58 rental units. What's the largest property in terms of units that you have? A lot of single family, a lot of duplexes. We do not own any apartment complexes. We find for us personally, those are revolving doors. We do not hire a property management company. It literally is just the two of us that manage it. So we don't want high turnover. And we've had fourplexes before. We've had apartment complexes before. And if the ROI wasn't there for us, we make the most amount of money on single family and duplexes. We make the most money on duplexes, but single family duplexes is where we are. You got really excited when you talked about the duplexes. Yeah. (laughs) I like duplexes. (laughs) How come? I like duplexes because one side typically makes the mortgage payment and the other side's just gravy. Will you give us an example of the last investment property that you purchased? Sure. I bought one, gosh, probably a month ago. It was a bank owned. So one of the nice things about being a realtor that is so successful in my area, I get a lot of banks coming at me with properties that they need to sell. So it was bank owned and I went, gave them a price and they took it. Of course, I had to do some work on it. There was some mold in it, which we get a lot in Missouri. So I had to do all of that. But bought it for, do you want me to give you numbers? Yeah, please. Okay. So I bought it for 33,000. I could probably turn around and sell it for about 80, but it'll rent out for about 795. I'm still working on getting it fixed up. How much do you need to put into it in order to get it to be rent ready? I think I'm at about $5,000 right now. And what do you think the total will be? Yeah, probably about 5,500, 6,000. Not much. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty much done. So all in around 39000 renting for about 800 bucks. Yep. 
Is that a typical case study for you? That's what I like. Yeah. A lot of people in our brokerage company know that we're investors. So when people are in dire straits, they will come at us and ask us if we want it. We don't buy it at retail. I don't buy anything at retail. We just sit and wait for the right property. We've been very fortunate. I would say that we buy two to three every year. With the mold that would scare some people off, why doesn't that scare you off? Because it's everywhere in Missouri. So I've been in real estate long enough to know mold is not going to scare us off as long as you have the right person in there doing it. I did not clean up the mold myself. I hired a company to do it for me. It doesn't scare me at all. I know it'll take care of itself. With 58 units, you and your mom do management of those units. How many hours a week do you two spend on it in total? Five, maybe. And what does that time consist of? Dealing with the phone calls on why they're going to be late on their rent <laughs> <laughs> or toilet flooding up. <laughs> but really, we've been so fortunate. Again, this is why I like single family and duplexes. Most of our tenants are long-term tenants. We do not have a lot of turnover. We have, but it tends to be family. When you rent to your family, that tends to get you in the most trouble. Mm -hmm. So the biggest issues that we've had is typically from family. What's the approach you take when someone calls and says, I'm going to be late? If they're late one or two times, it's not that big of a deal. They all get late fees, but if they're consistently late, then we get to the point where we start sending them letters. With maintenance requests, how do you handle those? Those are pretty simple. So we don't have a big software company that we use, and I know a lot of investors do. We don't really use a big, we, we don't have a lot of them. I've been fortunate. My father's a builder as well, so a lot of the duplexes he built. So it's simple for us just to call up my dad or my brother and have them go out there and fix whatever it is. We're kind of like one big happy investment family. Yeah, it truly is a family operation. I'm picking up on that. Yeah. When you invest with your family, what are the pros and what are the cons? There's not been a lot of cons. We've been so fortunate for us. My family is probably the untraditional family. We are just such a tight-knit family. We really don't hardly ever argue over business at all. So the people that we've struggled with that are the renters that are family are usually just cousins mm -hmm. or people, friends that are in a hard place. I will say though, that because we're also realtors, it's been pretty easy when you have a seller that sells a house and they don't have a place to live. We can put them in a short-term rental for three or four months until we find them the perfect place. And that's worked well for us too. What's a project that hasn't gone according to plan? We got into a flip because we do a few flips a year. So we got into a flip and we try not to let emotions drive us, but this flip was actually across the street from the house that all of us grew up in. So we really wanted it and we wanted to flip it and it needed a new roof. There were termite problems with it. Just it took a lot more to fix it up than what we thought. We didn't lose money on it, but we certainly didn't make any money. If presented a similar circumstance in the future, how would you approach it differently? Well, we wouldn't buy it. What would you look at in particular? Well, we crawled under the crawl space, but we just crawled within the first three feet of it and glanced and the roof. We definitely pay more attention to the roof because that's for our market, six or $7,000 right there. And in Springfield, Missouri, the average price point is 150000 So it's nothing like it is on the East Coast or West Coast. Their average price points are in the five, six, seven hundred thousand. 700000 
So there's not a lot of room for margin. So one of the things that we definitely do is we make sure that we are making money. We can't just throw money at a new project. We've really got to be diligent and treat it like a business and have a spreadsheet and know our P&L, know our balance sheet, know the expenses. So we would have put a little bit more thought into what was going to be required on that particular home. Because $6,000 can eat up your ROI pretty darn quickly. You said for the crawl space, you got the first three feet and glanced. What would be the ideal scenario? Crawling through the whole thing first to see if there's any subflooring that might be damaged or foundational issues under there. In this instance, we didn't have foundational issues, but there was some subfloor damage, termite damage that upon first glance, we didn't notice. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Looking to build a predictable and duplicatable real estate investing business? Do over 100 flips a year whether it's flipping or wholesaling, experience a difference with the ultimate real estate investing course now and also get a free strategy session with Dylan. He's been a guest on the podcast before. You can use the code JOE20 for 20% off. Everything you need to know in one course, go to www.theultimaterealestateinvestingcourse.com. Best ever book you've read? Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Oh, there are so many. Worst mistake I've ever made on a transaction, not communicating well and letting septic tank issues overcome the entire transaction. (laughs) Can you tell us that story? (laughs) Oh, the septic tank. I forgot to actually get the septic tank inspected. Completely my fault. And it was a mess. And new septic tank, $5,000. When you think of a deal that is the best one you've done, what would you say that one is? I currently right now have a home that has 25 acres hunting backs up to a lake. I thought it would be about 415000 We got into a multiple offer situation. I'm under contract for four sixty-five, So 50000 above asking price and day one on the market oh you're selling i was i thought you were buying it i was like oh well okay (laughs) and the best deal i've ever done when buying we bought a duplex for rental we bought a duplex the seller lived in one side and had the tenant on the other side and she just in a desperate need needed out real bad the duplex was probably worth about 220 we ended up buying it for about 108 and fixed it up a little bit and renting it out Best ever way you like to give back? Oh, multiple ways. Definitely through mentoring and through my time. I volunteer a lot for our community. So absolutely, that would be it. And trying to be available for all of my agents when they need me, whether they be agents on my team or agents in the brokerage company or other brokerage companies. I get a lot of calls from people asking for help. What's been a challenge you've had in your business? Not deal specific, but just something that you all have had to overcome. Creating boundaries, not working so many nights and weekends. I'm a single mother, so I have a tendency sometimes to drop my kids off at places and go work. So the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome is definitely creating boundaries and respecting my time and my family enough to know that they're worth the boundaries. To realize that I don't want to work with clients that don't respect my boundaries either. Have you had to fire a client? 
Oh, absolutely. I fired buyers and sellers. How's that conversation go? A few different ways. There's a couple I can think of, but one of them was he was out of his mind and threatened to sue me over something pretty dumb. And I said, you know what? I like my job too much. I'm not going to deal with the threat of a lawsuit. If that's the type of client you're going to be one week in, that's not the type of client (laughs) that I want. (laughs) But buyers, after working with them so long, I just flat out said, you know what? I don't think I'm the right realtor for you. And and I think that you might have better luck using somebody else. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You can go to my website, kellyreward.com. You can find me on Facebook. Also Kelly Revore, and that's K-E-L-L-I-E. And then my last name is R-E-V as in Victor, O-I-R. Or email me, kellyrevore at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, Kelly, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you and your mom have grown the brokerage company on track to double your transactions from 112 transactions last year to 250 this year, as well as those 58 units that we talked about and how you've approached managing that portfolio and why a house with mold doesn't scare you off and the typical deal that you would do. And I love the septic tank example, the cautionary tale there. Thank you for that mistake, by the way, because now we have something entertaining to talk about on the show. So I appreciate that. Subconsciously, maybe that's why you did it in the first place. (laughs) Well, thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you. Looking to build a predictable and duplicatable real estate investing business? Do over 100 flips a year. Whether it's flipping or wholesaling, experience a difference with the Ultimate Real Estate Investing course now and also get a free strategy session with Dylan. He's been a guest on the podcast before. You can use the code JOE20 for 20% off. Everything you need to know in one course, go to www.theultimaterealestateinvestingcourse.com.